dynamic uh, housekeeper file we have here. We keep a dynamic housekeeper file here at the station. Gummersbach, uh, West Germany, you know, they're very good housekeepers over there. A 29-year-old woman was charged with murder yesterday after stabbing her husband uh, five times after he ate strawberries in bed and then smeared his hands on the sheets. do that again, I'll tell you. He learned his lesson. Strawberries in bed, smearing his hands on the sheets. <laughs> Stabbing was too good for that loud. Right, ladies? <laughs> well, I don't make the news, damn it. There it is. I mean, that's in our file here. Uh, I've uh, just wondered when uh, various uh, companies, uh, speaking of files, are going to start labeling their departments uh, truthfully. Well, what is truth? Well, you'll have these departments and and big companies called, uh, for example, uh, a point of sale uh, relations department. Now that sounds pretty, pretty nice, doesn't it? Well, what that actually is is a soothing the troubled waters division. And when they start to riot and throw uh, Molotov cocktails at the president's car in the the company, you know. Then they better start doing something <laughs> about those balsa wood transmissions. But uh, <laughs> did you did you ever see that ever happen? Oh, I have, I have. Oh yes, yes. Uh, there was a there was a an industrial concern which I once was witness to a great scene of, uh, not in uh, New York and not even in Jersey. It was uh, out in the Midwest. But uh, these guys turned out some kind of thing. I think they turned out frozen muffins of some type. And uh, they advertised them all over, and uh, the muffins went into the stores, and thousands of people went down to the store and they bought the muffins. And they did what the uh, ads always say: just open the box and pop them in the oven, and in ten minutes, well, they did. And in ten minutes, the house was filled with this noxious aroma. Uh, the green uh, green fur was growing inside the oven. Uh, the cats were dying just from the smell of them, and the people got so mad. Yeah, they did. It was a big advertising campaign. They had all kinds of, uh, they had billboards and all that shows uh, happy, chortling children eating the muffins. Well, the, the people got so mad that a large crowd descended on the plant. Now, that doesn't happen often. Usually you go to the dealer. They descended on the plant and started to pelt the plant with muffins. Uh, that they had attempted to put in the oven for 10 minutes. They turned out to be very small, almost uh, inedible, uh, round bowling ball type things when they actually were done. And I was one of the guys that were doing the commercials for them. <laughs> so I know. And they kept calling me up, says, change the commercials, please. See, they figured that if they changed the commercials, people wouldn't get mad. Uh, yes, that's very important. Remember the... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, that definitely was a Brand X muffin. And uh, I, 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 you know, I was kind of pleased to see the people gather around the plant and uh, throwing rocks at the president's uh, suite as he sat in there in the muffin room, uh, looking over, uh, you know, looking over thousands of happy muffins going out to the... <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, God, how oh, Truesville. Cod liver oil. Did you ever have to take cod liver oil when you were a kid? Anybody out there ever take cod liver oil? I want to tell you... I don't know why, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you this story because it really makes you sick. It made, makes me sick. But as a stripling, uh, stripling, by the way, is a, uh, is a, is a uh, pre-adolescent stripper. Uh, 
uh, as a uh, <laughs> no, as a as a stripling, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I my family got in the clutches of a doctor, and uh, you know how when you're a kid they take you in and uh, they look at your tonsils and stuff. You you have had your tonsils looked at, right? Well, uh, when I was a kid, uh, we had this doctor Slicker. His name was, and uh, that's all right. Yeah, that was his name. I didn't invent it. It's really his name, Doctor Slicker. And uh, you know, I'd like to tell you his name was Ephraim Slicker, but it wasn't. It was something like Clarence or Howard. But uh, he was Doctor Slicker, and he looked like—I'll uh, tell you what—he really looked a little bit like a cross between uh, Doctor Welby and. Uh, and uh, what was that doctor they used to have in the old movies that Gene Hirschholt played? Doctor, uh, he was a famous uh, fictional doctor. He was an early Doctor Welby. Uh, doctor, uh, wasn't Doctor Kildare? It's another doctor. A kind of a, an avuncular-looking doctor that had rimless glasses and smoked a pipe. Yes, yeah, so what was it? Doctor, oh, I don't know. But he looked like that, <laughs> for what it's worth. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there was a famous series, a movie series. It was it was contemporary to Doctor Kildare, uh, Doctor. Uh, it's just on, right on the tip of my head, as uh, as Jane Ace used to say. It's right on the tip of my head, and I can't remember Doctor uh, Doctor Doctor. Oh no no no! Ben Casey was a television doctor. This was a, a movie doctor, and he was big in the movies, and uh, he was a he was a kindly doctor. He was always solving family problems rather than adding to them the way many doctors today do when the bill comes. But uh, uh, this, was, this was a kindly doctor, and it was played by Gene Hirschholt, who was, a, as far as I know, that's all he ever played. I never heard of him in anything else. And uh, he had rimless glasses and a, a kind of salt and pepper hair, and he was very kindly, and he was always making, making slogans up. Like uh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Ho, 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 that kind of stuff. Well, anyway, Dr. Slicker was a kindly doctor. And uh, he, he had studied into the, you know, the, there is a, a school of uh, uh, medicine that teaches as part of uh, uh, the final uh, year of medicine school. You get, you're taught kindliness. Uh, you're taught uh, kindliness, and so that you learn how to crinkle your eyes right and all that stuff. So, yes, you don't just learn this overnight. You don't think Welby got to be Welby just by walking around and wearing gray suits, do you? Are you kidding? No, no. So uh, he, old Dr. Herschel there, uh, obviously had infected a lot of doctors, and so kindly Dr. Slicker used to give us a sucker every time. He you know, a little all-day type sucker, see? But these were suckers in the shape of a golf ball. Did you ever see the kind that were a golf ball with a little stick sticking out of them? little flexible stick they were round just like a golf ball but round but they would be strawberry they'd be uh, uh, cherry they'd be red and they they were dimpled like a golf ball is they were called golf ball suckers and uh, that was a big deal so you'd come there and get the golf ball sucker so uh, Dr. Dr. Slicker I remember this on this catastrophic day uh, I was brought in and uh, I had what is called infected tonsils did you ever have infected tonsils you didn't. Well, I guess uh, tonsils today uh, don't get infected. Is that right? What do they do? Take them out of you at birth? They don't, huh? Well, I had infected tonsils, and I'll damn well stand by it. So, uh, <laughs> well, that, that's what they said. See, uh, what it was was I had a mild sore throat. So, uh, 
I go, go, my mother takes me in to see Dr. Slicker, and the old man, you know, we drive there in the Oldsmobile, and uh, going to the doctor was, uh, you were, there were mixed emotions. On the one hand, there was the uh, golf ball sucker, which you always got. On the other hand, you often got some bad news laid on you, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, because he would open your mouth. The, the thing that I always uh, hated most about a doctor when I was a kid, now I don't know whether there's any doctors listening, but uh, if they've ever cared to ask their kid patients what is the thing that bugs them the most about going to the doctor, I'll tell you what it was. I remember vividly. It was those flat sticks. You know, the, those little flat sticks they would take out that looked like overgrown uh, popsicle sticks with the round end? They call them tongue depressors. But actually what they are are gag inducers. Uh, they, uh, you'd take the stick, see, and you'd open your mouth, and you'd put it in the back. He'd say, now hold it, hold it there. Now wait a minute. Then he'd stick it in again. Oh, listen, I tell you, never forget one time my kid brother. Uh, I had this kid brother, Randy, see, who uh, he was given to many kinds of uh, of uh, physical functions of one kind or another. The only kid I ever knew that could uh, make his nose run at will, and he could do it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just that kind. And one day, Dr. Slicker sticks the thing in his mouth, you know, with the tongue inducer. He goes, <laughs> and just like that, 47 gallons of used kid food sprays out all over Dr. Slicker. Now, I tell you, I, I admit it's in bad taste. So don't immediately write me a letter. Tell me it's in bad taste. But you're dealing with real medicine here, buddy. You're not dealing with the Welby. Nobody ever heaves all over the wall. But uh, they do in real life. If you don't think so, ask any local doctor. <laughs> His daily life is spent wading through all kinds of stuff that you don't even want to think about. So, uh, nevertheless, it <laughs> goes all over Slicker, see, and he says, now, now, like that, see, now, now, and he's dripping from his rimless glasses. My kid brother's looking green, you know. And at that point, the examination was concluded hurriedly while Dr. Slicker went in and changed to another rubber suit. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I'm getting this exam, see, and I'm very innocent, so Dr. Slicker says, uh, well, he says, let's see what we have here. It is a slight accent, all avuncular doctors of the period had slight accents. Well, what have we here? Have you been a good boy? Uh, you know, yeah, I've been a good boy. Hmm. What have we here? And he had one of these round things they look at you, see, and he's looking down, he's, hmm, shoo, very, very interesting. Very interesting. Yes, glasses were down on the tip of the nose, of course. And then at that point, he said, well, well let me take one to, to here. Just uh, you open your mouth and say, ah, and I knew what was coming. He reaches over for the stick, and uh, his hand went in my mouth, and there's only one thing I could do. It was done uh, purely as a reflex. You know, I chomped down on his thumb. Oh, what are we here? Now hold it, come on, open. At that point, he's examining. He's, oh, very good. He takes the stick out with great sense of relief. And uh, that's over. And he says, well, he says to my mother and father, he says, well, we'll have to talk about this. He says, you see, he has a slight infection, and due to the infection, undoubtedly, his, his slight overweight, and we must have the underweight, I was at that point, slight underweight, we must have the tonsils taken out eventually, but we have to build him up, you see, for this uh, very minor operation. So what I am going to do, I'm going to give you some prescription here, and uh, also there's some things I wish you to do. 
And so he's writing like that, and my mother's sitting there. Yes, yes, of course. And at that point, he sends me and Randy out into the next room where this lady with the white, uh, he, you know, the receptionist has a white uh, uh, nurse's costume, and she gives us the suckers, and we're sitting out there. Well, little did I realize what was in store. She comes back out. My mother comes out with the old man, and we go back down, and they're talking about it. And, you know, so they're glad that there's nothing serious, so we get in the car, and we're driving home. And they stop by this drugstore. Well, it was Cannon's Drugstore. I have always remembered that. That's why I can't stand that show, Cannon. Uh, we all have our little things in our back of our mind. The minute Cannon comes on, I think of this terrible scene. And uh, Cannon's was right down the street, Cannon's Drugstore. So she stops in Cannon's and comes out with this bag of stuff she has gotten uh, to, to you know, put me on the, on the road to uh, uh, glowing, radiant good health. So we get, get back home, and my mother's right away. She says, well, she says, the first thing we're going to have to do now, we're going to have to give you this, uh, this, uh, uh, this dose right away now, she says, because Dr. Slicker says you have to take this all the time, every day. You have to take it five times a day. And, uh, and not only do you take it, you have to take it before breakfast, you take it before lunch, you take it before supper, then you take another one after supper, and then you take one before bed. And uh, this was the before bed one. So, you know, it's bedtime. It's about 8 o'clock at night. Little did I realize the specter of evil that was coming out of that innocent-looking sack. And she had a white plastic bottle. It looked just like any other kind of a bottle. And she takes this, this tablespoon and she pours it in the out of the bottle. She pours the stuff. At the minute she poured it out, just, you couldn't... I, I, I just can't tell you how it smelled. She poured it out, and the wallpaper, the wallpaper started to peel. Uh, you know, the, yes, the dog, we had a dog next door, Zero, lived next door. He started to yell and holler and run around in circles because he could smell it. And my mother says, now, this is very good for you. She says, now, here. And, uh, you know, any time, oh, one word of advice to all parents out there. Never at any point tell a kid that something is good for him. There's an instinctive automatic rejection mechanism which goes into high gear the moment anything is described as good for you. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how many ladies buy absolutely silly, totally ridiculous, boring children's books that have been, uh, have been decided upon by a group of concerned teachers and educators as being good for the children. Oh, God. Oh, have you ever tried to read a book that's good for you? <laughs> and toys that are uh, an educational experience. That's also good for you. But uh, they're always, always made out of wood, uh, you know, and have rounded edges, you know, which makes them totally dull in more ways than one. So, uh, never <laughs> nevertheless... <laughs> Yeah, a little danger is good in the little louts' life, mothers and fathers. So, uh, yes, you know, let them swallow a fire truck once. That'll teach them a lesson. So, uh, nevertheless, yes, that's a very good lesson to learn. <laughs> so, uh, nonetheless, I uh, am standing there, and the old lady, you know, excuse me, my mother, uh, she has this tablespoon, see, and she says, it's good for you. Well, I could see already the tenseness around her eyes that she knew damn well. To get this down me was going to be a major parental operation. So she approaches this thing to me, and I get, the, I get it in my mouth. It was such an unbelievably rotten taste. 
that there was no way I could even swallow. Yo, Matt says, now look, you're going to swallow that. I don't know whether you've ever, this is a, I don't know how Dr. Spock handles cod liver oil. There's no way to convince a kid, no matter how progressive you are, that cod liver oil tastes good. It's impossible to convince you, because cod liver oil does not taste good. It's as simple as that. <laughs> if anything, it tastes noxious. Do you agree? That's a good word. Noxious. Well, my mother then says, now, all right. She says, now, 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 now. She says, you've got to take that. Dr. Slicker uh, was, uh, you, you know Dr. Slicker. He's a very nice person. He wouldn't do anything to hurt you and to give you anything that's bad and that you don't need. You must take this. <laughs> well, you know, when you're faced with the absolute reality that you've got to do something, uh, you know, the terrible, desolate feeling in you of, of complete hopelessness. And, and, you know, the old man sitting over there waiting for you to take it. And your mother, and you're going to take this five times a day. It's not just once. It's five times a day to infinity. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Sorry, I have my little supply of tongue depressors here. And, uh, <laughs> all right, kid, gag. Now, all right, before we come back to you with the rest of this sickening story, it is, it's really bad. I, I must say, I, no, I, I'm, 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 I'm just, this, this is by way of an apologia. Uh, you like the Latin use there, don't you? That's more elegant than an apology. It's an apologia, right? So, uh, by way of an apologia, I must say that, uh, that all of us, we're all human beings, and that, that's a terrible fact, too, that you have to accept, which is kind of humiliating uh, when you think about it, that we are all human beings. We have this mechanism, and uh, it's, uh, it we're about as different. Have you ever done any fishing in your life? Well, if you have, you know that the difference between one a yellow perch and the other is very small. Now, to the perch... Probably is hard for him to understand that because he sees himself as one perch among many, a unique perch, and uh, he certainly does. <laughs> he has to, <laughs> and and uh, he would not comprehend the fact that you, when you have twenty-five perch, uh, the only difference is a slight difference in length, and even that is slight. Nobody ever pulls out a you know thirty-four inch perch out of the. No way they come there. They range between about three inches and roughly eight inches. That's not much of a range. Do you agree? No one has ever pulled out a 17-foot perch. So, <laughs> so the difference is, is tiny. It's hard to accept the fact that, that, that you are just one of trillions of human organisms that are almost identical. That's why there is a science called medicine. The difference between you and all the other human beings walking around uh, of your sex is... Uh, so minute as to be inconsequential, medically speaking, mm -hmm. professionally speaking. Oh, there's a question. What commercial is that from? Right. Okay. Gee, I have a lot of smart people here. Professionally speaking, I do it quite well. Right. So, uh, nevertheless, you have to accept this fact, and all of us have gone through at, uh, at, at any given stage in our lives, when we're kids... Uh, especially when you're kids, when you're up to about the age of 10, you went through a whole series of mysterious confrontations with the medical world. Now, every one of us has. Uh, some more serious than others, but most of us minor. You know, just uh, like uh, going there and uh, they measure you. 
you've been measured. They put a thing on the top of your head. How long has it been since anybody's done that to you? <laughs> you know, they measure you. <laughs> it's been some time, right? But you did it. Everybody had that thing laid on the top of his head, and uh, they they look in your throat. There's a, a long line of kids. Usually, it's done in school. They have a thing called the school nurse, and you line up and you go through the line, and she looks at your throat with one of these little sticks, which she throws away into a wastebasket. And uh, you, you, there are also a little fugitive thoughts. Now, I, I don't know whether you had the same fugitive thoughts. I think thoughts are different sometimes, but not as different as you think. Uh, a little fugitive thought, like you'd like to get into that wastebasket and get some of them sticks for no reason that they were there. <laughs> not David, of course. Uh, the more fastidious among us never had thoughts of that type, but the more earthy among us did. Not, not you didn't you didn't really want to depress tongues with it, but just to have the stick. I don't know why it was. It's a, it's a, it's a, the jackdaw in man, the principle that you'd like to have everything that's around. You just want it. So uh, you stood in line, didn't you? Everybody did at one time. So this show is about that, a, a subject rarely touched in contemporary literature. That is very early pre-adolescent. Uh, confrontations with the medical. Now, you see it occasionally on, on the medical shows on television, but it's always from the standpoint of the doctor and the, quote, distraught parents, played by uh, usually, uh, uh, oh, Lee Grant plays distraught parents all the time. Used to be Rita Gam played distraught parent. Now it's Lee Grant. At one point, it was... <laughs> they, they, they played on all these things, see? So, and and, and uh, there was a time when Hal Holbrook always played distraught father. He was replaced by Harry Gardino, who was the universal distraught father, when Hal Holbrook became the universal corrupt senator, uh, or the slash uh, crusading senator. Now, of course, he's playing historical characters. He's going into the Parnassus. He's up in heaven there now. Pretty soon he'll be playing uh, a true, authentic characterization of God, to down to the every last hair. But uh, nevertheless, <laughs> among, among all the, among all the uh, experiences we have, these are the least spoken of, and they're buried in the subconscious of most of us. And, and it plays a great role, too, though. The